everyone. We're going to see if we can get technology to work for us today. Let's see if we can switch it up. Oh, yeah. Look at that. I love technology. Well, good morning. Um, so it's exciting to be here. We missed you last week. Uh, we were traveling in Pittsburgh. Um, and we got back. I was telling the brothers in the back that we landed. We left it. We woke up at 4 a.m. Pittsburgh time. It was about 1 a.m. our time here. And when we landed here, I didn't know which planet I was on. Um, but we're thankful for a wonderful trip. And as many of you know, the reason um, that we were traveling was for something we care very dearly about. And we lost one of our friends, Alexis, to postpartum depression. And it's something that I think um, affects all of us. And I was telling someone right before I left for the trip um, at work, he said, oh, you know what? My wife struggled that terribly. And they're pregnant with their second child. And he was a ball of anxiety. He was a ball of nerves about what was going to happen. And this topic, unfortunately, is a little taboo, and we don't talk about it. But come to find out, it's the number one complication in the first year of life of all pregnancies. And it's heartbreaking for us. You know, we still bear the scars of the story and losing our friend. But today, we rejoice because we start to see God's plan unfold. And we see in Pittsburgh, they opened a center there for uh, women who suffer from this. And in just the past couple of years, they've treated 3,000 families in just this center alone. This week, if you follow social media, you know, Chrissy Teigen, who's apparently famous, it was there and she was talking about, um, she sat on the couch that they have and she, she was interviewed about this. And she said, every city in this country should have a center like this. So like I said, it affects everyone. It affects our husbands, it affects our grandparents, it affects our children, and it affects our church family. And I want to piggyback a little bit uh, from one of our dear sisters in our church. And we've come to know this family over the past few years, um, that through you know, our heartaches, we've seen something beautiful happen. And there's a sister in our church who struggles with this very same disease. And she has been very open. She has a blog and talks about her experience with depression and anxiety. And to be honest, this is something that we all face and encounter in our lives. That it may not be depression and anxiety for you, but there may be something in your life that holds you back from a better relationship with your family a better relationship with your spouse, a better relationship with your kids, and most importantly, a better relationship with God. And that's what she struggled with, that through her depression and anxiety, that she has been unable to commune with the Lord. And it breaks my heart 
And before we go into that, I want to kind of focus in the beginning of this chapter. And it says, you know, in Isaiah 64 chapter, for since the beginning of, wor of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. And such an incredible verse that God has something in store for you in your life that you cannot even fathom. Whatever you are struggling with in your life, God has such an incredible plan for you. It's beyond words what is waiting if you trust in him, if you wait on him in your lives. You know, just the other day, we were laying in bed, and Bethany and I were talking, and she stopped and said, you know, 13 years ago when we first met, could you imagine that this was our life? That this is what God had in store for us? Two beautiful children, a marriage. We had no idea that this is what the Lord had for us. But through faith and in trust in the Lord, something incredible happens. And I want you to think about that verse today, that no matter what you are going through today, God has something incredible for you in your life. Something inexplicable. Something that you can't even picture yet. That's the love that he has for you. He wants this beauty, not only in your natural life, but in your spiritual life. He wants to bless you. And more importantly, he wants you to be faithful to the end, because no matter what happens in this life, what's waiting on the other side is greater than anything you will ever experience here. That when you go before Jesus Christ, you know, there's no sun in heaven, there's no sun in paradise, because of the light that shines off of him. That is the life that you have waiting for if you're faithful. That is the life that you have waiting for if you just simply trust in him. So, the reference this beautiful sister who's struggling with this disease. And she leaves it all out for us to see. You know, she writes on a blog and she you know, bears her soul in front of the whole world to see, basically. And you know, it's interesting because you know, the president of our church, Brother Joel, he spoke at conference a couple of, or last year, actually. And he made the point, his point of his sermon is we need to love without fear. And I would say that the most of us fear being loved. That we're afraid that somebody might judge us, that someone might criticize us for the things that we struggle with. So we don't say anything. You read in James, it says, bear our burdens one to another. We're supposed to share the things that we struggle about, but we come into church and we put on a face and we say, everything's fine. The weather's nice outside. How are you, Sister Mary? Great, all right, then we move on. <laughs> I love Sister Mary. Uh, but that's the way we interact with one another. But the scripture says, if there are things that we are struggling with, we need to bear them to one another. And unfortunately, through the natural people that we are, we've made mistakes where we don't want to trust one another. I don't want to tell Brother Tanner what I was struggling with because the last time I told him, he told Jared you know, what, I was, what I was embarrassed about. 
Has it happened before to you? So what do we do? We recoil, we step back, and we say, I'm not gonna share. And it's a disservice to our brothers and sisters. It's a disservice to our Lord and Savior because your testimonies are so powerful. Your conversion stories are so powerful because in our pride and our arrogance, we think, well, I'm the only person struggling with this today. And you're not. You sit there and say, well, I'm a single mom. I'm struggling at home. Well, you're not the only one who has met the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're not the only one in that scenario. You say, I just lost a loved one. We say, no one knows what I'm going through. But there are others, brothers and sisters here, who have gone through that. You say, I've been out of a job for six months. If our brothers and sisters didn't testify how the Lord provided for them, how would you know that there are other people struggling the same way you did? So she's talking about being a broken person through this disease. And you can apply this statement to anything that you struggle with today. And we just lost Brother Brian's sister, who was very, very important to my wife and I. And we struggle, we say, well, why, Lord? Why did this happen? Why couldn't you heal her? And we look at the sister who's struggling with depression and anxiety, has these beautiful boys at home. And instead of feeling joy when she's home with her family, she struggles. And we ask ourselves, well, why don't you heal her, Lord? How come you don't answer our prayers? And it says, I want to assume God would have intervened and prevented this. He would have prevented this from happening in the first place, but what if fixing it isn't all what God has in mind for us? We say, God, why didn't you heal that person when we anointed them? What if that wasn't his plan? When we're feeling that hole in our heart from the loss of a loved one, we say, well, God, why did that have to happen? Why did that tragedy come into their lives? Why didn't you prevent that? We have to understand today that that may not have been God's plan. So we take a step back and we take a deep breath and we start to look in and say, you know what? <clears throat> maybe this heartache, maybe these things that we struggle with, maybe our sin that holds us back is part of this process of perfection. Maybe we need to experience this. So what if? But what if shattering? What if the breaking down of our lives, the breaking down of us as individuals, is the only way to get dust back to its basic form so that something new can be made? I remember vividly your brother Pete when you were going through everything without a job. And we would pray and the answer wouldn't come. And we would pray and the answer wouldn't come. And I would argue to you, because I love you, Brother Pete, 
that the Brother Pete before that trial is different from the Brother Pete who's after. The struggle that I had spiritually when I was outside of the church and the Lord called me into the gospel, I will tell you today I'm a different person then than I am now. And I'm a better person because the Lord's the one who brought me here. This beautiful sister, what she's talking about is, well, maybe it's not within God's will to take this away from me. Maybe it's for me to go through this journey that I would understand that I'm not trying to fight to get back to where I was. That I'm not trying to fight to get back to the person that I was two years ago. That I'm supposed to just let go and let the Lord create something in me. Let the Lord change something in my life. So we read it further on in Isaiah, the 64th chapter, it says, But now, O Lord, thou art the father, we are the clay, and thou art the potter, and we are all the work of thy hands. So there's something so incredible, if you read in the first, this first verse that we read. God has something incredible for you in your life. If you let him in, if you trust in him, if you put your faith in him, this is where we are at. But how many times have we done this? Because this is me. Where the Lord comes in and his hands want to mold you. And he wants to push you in the right direction. And we fight it. And we push back at him. And we say, no, Lord, I'm not comfortable doing that. I don't want to share my story. I don't want to go through this trial. I want to figure this out on my own. And we fight God working in our lives. Has anyone else done that, or am I out alone on this one? Okay, there's one or two, good. So this is where we struggle. This is where it becomes real, because we say we need to have faith. And we put on that church face, and we come in, I'm here to be faithful, Lord. But the first time a trial comes, we say, well, I'll figure this one out on my own. told many of you my testimony where when I didn't have a job I wanted to do everything on my own to make it happen I wanted to fight and claw and instead of going to the Lord first and asking him for direction I put myself first and tried to figure it out on my own this is where we're missing the boat in the scripture that our trust has to come our faith has to come first. Because if we don't, this molding process cannot happen. Amen. If we don't let the Lord into our lives, he can't shape us into something more beautiful. To stick with our story of conversion, you know, the scriptures teach us that when we are buried with him, we come out a new creature in Christ. There's this transformation that we're supposed to be something different when we meet the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul says that I then die daily. So that perfecting process needs to go on. That it doesn't stop at the water. That we need to continue to change under the hands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you have to let him. And this is where the brokenness of our lives is actually a good thing. 
But sometimes he has to bring us down and he has to humble us. And we feel that our lives are shattered. We feel like we have nothing there. When we are at the absolute dust is when God does something incredible. And he starts to mold us. Because we are finally humble. We are finally ready for him to change us. And he starts to. So if we, were ever, if we weren't ever shattered, we'd never know the glorious touch of the potter. Making, making something glorious out of dust, out of us. You see, if we can't get to this point, God can never take us to the next step. He can never start to change and remodel our lives unless we let him. So we fight it and we fight it. But when we do, this is where it gets us to. It says, if I want to keep, excuse me, if I want his promises, I have to trust his process. I have to trust that first comes the dust. And then comes, some, then comes the making of something even better with us. God isn't ever going to forsake you, but he will go to great lengths to remake you. My hope is today that you understand that statement. That he will not stop to make your life better. He will pursue you there's chapter after chapter in the scriptures that talk about this. The chapter where he says he left the 99 and went after the one. That is you and I today. When you think you are so far away from him, he's searching for you. He's waiting for you just like the prodigal father was standing there waiting for his son to return. He cares about you. He loves you. He's waiting for you to come back. So what are we doing in our own lives to get to this point? Are we sufficiently humble? Are we swallowing our pride so that we can come to the realization that, yes, God has brought us down to this point so that I can be used? God has brought me down to my absolute worst so that he can mold me into something else. In every single aspect of our lives, he tries to do this. In my marriage, the Lord reminds me time and time again how to be a better husband. And he has to bring me back to these very small stepping stones to build me up to get me there. As a father, he has to remind me to go back to this scenario so that he can guide me how to be a better father. As a servant of Jesus Christ, he has to humble me time and time again so that he can guide me for where to go from here. And that's the challenge that each and every one of us have to. Then every single aspect in our lives, <coughs> we have to let him in. So my prayer today, and I remind you that our Lord and Savior has gone to great lengths to remake your lives. 
no matter what sin you have been through, no matter what heartache you are struggling with today, Jesus Christ is trying to remake your life, to make it even better. And we have feet washing later this afternoon or this morning. And I was looking at a scripture a couple of weeks ago. And I often put myself in that, I try to picture myself in that moment where here is Christ and he kneeled in the upper room and he kneels down for feet washing with his 12 closest friends knowing that all 12 of them are going to desert him. He's so close to just being there all alone. He knows that's coming. Even more so, he knows that one of them is going to betray him. And he kneels down and washes Judas' feet. And this is this point where we have to understand that God is constantly trying to reach out to us. And the night that Christ was apprehended, Judas steps forward to give him the kiss so that everyone know that Christ is the one. <coughs> That's what Jesus says to him. He says, friend, why are you here? He knew why he was there. But that verse stuck out to me more than it ever had before, that Jesus Christ, just after kneeling down and washing his feet, just after he was betrayed, he knew that why, Jesus, why Judas was there, he called him his friend. Through all the sin that Judas had, through all the betrayal, he called him his friend. And that is the same for each and every one of us today, that no matter where we have been, no matter what sin we have in our lives, Jesus Christ calls you his friend today. That he has the ability to come into your life. He has the ability to change you if you let him. I love all of you very much. And it's my prayer today that you and I can be remade by Christ Jesus. That wherever we are in our spiritual walk today, he might change us. Tomorrow we might be a little better. May God bless you, is my prayer. AJ, God bless you. Uh, that was such a beautiful, uh, beautiful message. And, um, you know, brothers and sisters, this one thought just came to me as Brother AJ was speaking. I mean, we got this big church that's all over the United States and parts of the world. Um, but this is, this, and, and that we'll call that an extended family, right? And so who he was speaking about was part of our extended family um, in the Aliquippa church where I used to grow up. But you're our immediate family. And the brothers here on the rostrum and many of you that have been set apart and ordained and, and all of you that are a part of Mesa, you're our immediate family. Does that make sense? And I, I gotta tell you, uh, there isn't anyone here that is perfect and there isn't anyone here that is without issues, Brother E.J. But you're mine and I hope I'm yours. 
and your God. And with all of our challenges, and sometimes we, we see those, they're on display. We, we have issues. We come up for prayer or, you know, as, as public as we want to be. And some people are more comfortable with that. Me, I'm quick to, um, to I express my challenges. I'm, I trust. I just throw it out there and, and uh, hopefully it's all good. Um, some people struggle with that. But at the end of the day, This is all born out of love, brothers and sisters. It's all out of, of, out of the Holy Spirit. We love one another. We care about one another. We're learning from one another. And we're serving God together with one another. Amen. Well, a couple things that I want to say. We all suffer from some disability in this life. Amen? We're not, otherwise, what would we need God for? What would we need each other for? What would we need our families for and our spouses and our children if we didn't have some disability? AJ called it brokenness. I love it. Some brokenness. We all suffer from it. So that's point number one. I took that away from the message and said, amen. And AJ's right, he called out my life, and I'm glad you watched closely, because I love you too, brother. And if someone learned from my life my mistakes, praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, that's point number one. The entire ministry of Jesus, I want to call this out, we got a foretaste of what God can do through his healing power of our disabilities in the scriptures, throughout history, and even in our life today. But it's a foretaste. Amen? It is not his ministry pointed to a better day. Yes, in the heavens above, but a better day in one day when the kingdom of peace comes. There'll be no sick. There'll be no disabilities. There'll be no weak and poor in spirit. They'll all be, praise the Lord, know the Lord Jesus, and would be filled. And even then, we'll die. Although, Scripture teaches us we'll live to the age of a tree. Right? If a child dies at what, 100 years old, I think the Scripture says, we'll, we'll think that that's, you know, that was cheated because we'll all have a long life in that time period. But today is not that day, brothers and sisters. We're not in that day today. And so healing is, is grace and mercy, right? And what, what do we learn from that? I learned from AJ's message this morning that I have to be patient and I have to be satisfied with where I am in my life. If I'm afflicted, I have to love the Lord and see heaven through the eyes of faith. You see what Isaiah calls out on, on the screen in 64th chapter was for mankind. Mankind has no idea why God created us when we were born and grew and were socialized. Mankind has no idea, the natural man, of what God had in store for him and her. But you know what Apostle Paul, by the way, Apostle Paul quotes this in Corinthians. Then Apostle Paul stops and says, but for the spiritual man, by the spirit it is revealed unto us the joys that await those that love and serve the Lord. Right? How many of you can see heaven today? Can you see heaven? If you, if, can I, 
your face says, don't tell me you can see heaven. Can you see heaven? Boy, we just spoke about that on, on Resurrection Day. How the Holy Spirit fills us. And we know there's a day coming. I heard a song this morning, Getting Ready. I don't know who sang it, but it was about the resurrection. Saying that I'm going to rise someday. When Jesus comes again, I'm going to rise above all the disabilities of this life and the brokenness. I'm going to rise again. Isn't that amazing? Our bodies, John called it, will be perfect. Let's, let's just call it out. You know what the main issue is in this life? I don't care what condition we're in. I don't care if we have brokenness, disabilities, whatever your weaknesses are, your challenges, your afflictions, all of the problems of this life. And like Brother AJ said, they're not unique to us. But you know what is common to all of us? We need to meet the Lord with faith. Amen? we got to meet the Lord Jesus with faith and belief. That's all he cared about when he walked the earth. Brother AJ, when you spoke this morning, I just thought about our dear sister. And even though she's struggling and she struggles to have happiness, she did meet the Lord one day by faith. Praise God. And I don't care if it's every day she's hanging on for dear life. She met Jesus one day. And he's made the difference. That's what we have all in common, brothers and sisters, is that we have to run to the Lord and meet him in faith. And i got news for you this morning. Those that have the greatest disabilities, they run the farthest and the longest sometimes. Those that have the, the challenges of life, they don't give up until they reach the hem of the garment of the Lord and receive by faith. Think of that woman for 12 years who had the disability and spent all her living, the scripture says, to be healed and found no relief. And she broke culture and tradition and embarrassment and to be exposed. And she reached through the crowd to grab the hem of the garment of the Lord and receive. Twelve years. You say, Lord, why didn't you heal her? Why didn't you do it sooner? Who knows what God's work was doing, not only in her life, but in all those that witnessed that day what she received. You know, I praise the Lord today. Jesus wasn't afraid to seal his doom. And you know what he told the Sanhedrin when they questioned him one day? You healed on a Sunday. Well, you know, he said, my father works on Sunday, and so do I. Oh my goodness, not only was he breaking the law of Moses to work on Sunday, he was blaspheming that he was equal to God. My father works on Sunday, and so do I. And you know what? That was it for him. The scripture says at that moment, they sought to take his life. He was done. And that was early on in his ministry. Brothers and sisters, I don't know how much you're seeking the Lord. I can't answer that for you. How disabled you are that you're going to do everything it takes to find Jesus and meet him and believe. I can't answer that for you. 
But this much I can say to you this morning. Christ is 24-7 seeking you. He's 24-7 seeking us, wanting to heal us, to bless us, to work with us, to get us in a position to be the clay in the potter's hands. And it's painful sometimes, and it's stre stressful, but God is with us, is he not? He's with us, brothers and sisters. He's promised to never leave us alone 24-7. So what's my takeaway in all of this? What's your takeaway? My, my, my counsel to you and my counsel to myself is that we have to be diligent seeking the Lord. Don't be distracted by our pain. Don't be distracted by the, the weariness of the way and how long it's taking or how easy the way is. Remember last week we, we, we heard Brian speak. Was it last week, Anthony? The easiness of the way. You know, God provided for, the, for Israel everything they needed. And the, the way was so easy that they got lazy and they didn't seek the Lord. I don't know why some people go through a small trial. They quickly learn. They change. Boop, they move on. And some people, they struggle their lifetime. They struggle. That's, I don't know why. Maybe someday, I'll have to see what the Lord's calendar looks like when I get up to heaven. And he's going to sit down and tell me why. I'd like to know why. Maybe I just need to be satisfied. The why is because. <laughs> the why is because he knows best. And I have, to, I have to trust in that and have faith in that. That's where the challenge is, right, Brother AJ? That's where the rubber meets the road, is all of my humanness needs to be quiet, and I need to trust in God. Instead of laying awake at night, that's what I do. I lay awake at night, and my mind goes 100 miles an hour. Why this? Why that? How come I can't fix this? How come I can't fix that? And all I need to do is rest and say, God is the best at this. He's, he's been taking care of people for 6,000 years, the scripture says. He's been in the challenge of, of taking care of his humanity for all these years. I had a pap-pap moment yesterday. Little Leo was kind of fussy all day. He's not a fussy baby, my grandbaby. Chelsea was so worked up because she was going to go home and he gets in that car seat and his little straps are around his head. I don't blame the kid. <laughs> and he starts. I scooped him up in my arms. And he had just had a belly full of, of food. <laughs> and I began to just sing a little lullaby to him. And as I rocked him, I just watched his eyes close. He got calmer and calmer. And Chelsea was ready to put him in the car seat. And I said, give me a few more minutes. We're going to top this off. It's going to be perfect. And uh, he went in his car seat without a fuss. And she texted me on when she got home and said, he slept the whole way home. You know what? Give God a chance to have a pat-pat moment, brothers and sisters. <laughs> give him a chance. When you're fretting and you're so fussy, and you're so, so messed up. 
give him a chance to put you in his arms and sing you a lullaby of heaven's sweet song of salvation. If he has the power to change our lives from stains of sin to the blessings and pureness and beauty of a saint forgiven, he has the power to take care of our individual lives. Amen, brothers and sisters. Amen. I love the Lord. And when I'm in trouble, I want to hit my knees and run to the throne of God, not delay, not dally, not be slothful. I want to run swiftly to the throne of God where there's help, grace in our time of need. Apostle Paul says, therefore, we have a high priest that has passed into the heavens without sin. Oh, and he was tempted in all things, he sinned not. And he sits at the right hand of God, ever making intercession for us. Therefore, Paul says, let us go before the throne of grace boldly in our time of need. Come to Jesus, my brothers and sisters. Come without delay. He's the light of our life. May God bless you, my brothers and sisters, is my prayer.